boxes unsighted for you in the and we were expecting to be Psalm 118, but we're going to be Revelation chapter 7, page 1238. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, preventing the wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel, and the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed, and the tribe of Reuben, 12,000, and the tribe of Gad, 12,000, and the tribe of Asher, 12,000, and the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000, from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000. From the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. From the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. From the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. From the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the land. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And the angels were standing round the throne, around the elders, and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen.
chapter off there. Um, we've prayed already, so I think we should get straight underway. And let me ask you how you're feeling, feeling dark now. Uh, I wonder how you're faring with the change of seasons and the way um, we have to take the night three days. Doing the curtains at 7 p.m. tonight. Even the curtains at 7 a.m. in the morning. And I wonder if you're feeling a bit blurry-eyed in the morning, if a strange thing that happened, and how do you do the curtains? It's not normally a, it's not normally a moment of great uncertainty or, or tension. You know exactly what to expect. Imagine, though, you're drawing the curtains in this autumn season, and suddenly a different uh, scene appears before your eyes as you look out the window. This is not what you expect in lowly Cambridgeshire. CB 24 is not known for its mountains. Imagine that were what you saw. Something like that is going on in Revelation chapter 7. We are getting an unveiling, a curtain drawing on an alternate reality that is not what we would see every day if we look around at the world we have before us. We're seeing a vision of something quite unexpected. We weren't in Revelation chapter 6 last week. There was a little warning of judgment to come as four portions of the apocalypse are sent up by God to bring little warning snapshots of what it would be like to be without God in eternity. In our chapter, chapter 7, we get, instead of um, mirth and mire and misery, which is sometimes we get mountains and blue skies, a glorious alternative reality of heaven to come. When Jesus Christ is on the throne and seated on the throne, prays and honored by his people, by angels and elders and so on. And why do we need that alternative vision um, to keep us going in a world where suffering often comes into our lives by global sort of media to go from
could be flattened by contrast with negatively, and something that would be missing from uh, absent, no empty bond for that, so far then from spoiling heaven in the future. So, for the first bit, uh, to understand what positively heaven is like, let's, let's just break up into two short headings. To start with, the first chunk of the chapter says in lots of different ways that heaven will be full of people, full of people, including you, if you know of your Jesus Christ and the testing of God. Now, I suppose that is clearest in this lovely verse, verse 9. After this, I looked and everything was a great multitude that no one could count, and the nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne, before the Lamb, wearing white robes, and holding hands up to his hands. A great multitude. It's important to say, and the Bible says this repeatedly, that hell will not be empty. If people persevere and reject the Jesus Christ of the Lord, if I make sure, then we need God in one place more often, which is God's time. So hell will not be empty. But Revelation 7 says that one of the entitled heaven is a pillar. God loves to save people who share the time of the world. And heaven can be saved from all sorts of cultures and backgrounds. Which is amazing to me. I wonder if there's ever a time to that you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you have already been seen in heaven. John saw it when God gave him this vision. He found that great multitude. I've been um, a bit of a crowd up about the United States. I went to a slogan in Boston, a Chancellor slogan, and saw an excellent just what? The rooms are still there. So I've been part of a big crowd. Like, this is a bigger crowd. You can't number it. And so, 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 Good enough. And 
and you might be aware that some activities are considered that solution taken literally, but it means there will be 144,000 people who work very hard to sell electrical magazines around the streets of the shelter and elsewhere, and if you do work hard, you'll make the as well. Which I think rests on a misunderstanding of the way this book of Revelation is written. It is not meant to give us um, literal figures. The next time the 144,000 are mentioned in um, the book of Revelation is in chapter 14, and there we learn from the book that there are unmarried virgin males. So if you're taking it literally, it means that if you're the wrong gender for a woman, or if you're the wrong marital status, we're not meant to take some of these symbols literally in that way and twist the book of Revelation to uh, unnatural ends. What it means, it seems to me, is, is um, it's a picture of the complete number of those who are saved. So it's an, a multitude without number in the world that was worth knowing. But that doesn't mean that God couldn't come to He knows exactly how many they are. And I think you get, if you look at their elsewhere in the book, you would see there are 12 stars of Israel that make up the heavenly city, and 12 apostles, Old Testament and New Testament. So it's an act of about 5,000 to be a huge number. Somebody else has heard this question. I think the 144,000 is a huge number and not one person will be missing Heaven will be full of people. And in the meantime, you say, well, maybe I, I, I could be confident about that, but it isn't such a difficult time to get in. That's a bit that I haven't talked about in verse 23. God sealed people and keeps them for that day, even though suffering and difficulty might come their way in the meantime. Heaven will be full of people. Another thing that's part of this great future. Heaven will be full of praise. We read in verses 10 to 12. Actually, I want you to read from the end. Let's turn the leaves. And what you see if you just scan your eye over 10 to 12 is that there's a nice sort of pattern going on there. Um, the crowd cry out in a loud voice. I'll do that within a moment, verse 10. And then there's a little bit in verse 11. Some other people responding. Often that's the way it works in the trades. One person praises God, and other people in the creation will be encouraged to praise God as they hear that. And that's what's going on in heaven. It's full of praise like that. Um, I don't know if you ever seen it in the shower. It's fun to sing in the shower, but you're in your own. And you'd be better to do some praise to God in heaven. Yeah, I think 
bird on my plate. So if I do the verse 10 bit, can I get you to do the verse 12 bit in the verse 10 bit? So that we're getting frozen together in the page. I think probably you have to scan. So we'll have a standard interlude in the service between them. I've got to remind you a loud voice. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels are standing on the throne, and the elders and the children and teachers, they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. We didn't look at the, um, the four horsemen in chapter 6, so looked at that and they were still reeling in Christchurch South Downs, having looked at all the problems of unleashed by the angels of God and, and the world. And that says, yeah, there are lots of problems in our life. Let me tell you this, you never deal with problems by minimizing them. So that's what we deal with magnify the God who alone can deal with those problems. That phrase is the language So I hope that little uh, sort of opening on the departments when we speak to the religious people. Let me go on a slightly different track before we go. And just say there are a couple of things that I think I learned with rest of the culture that will be absent from her. And uh, these are the lovely verses that then chapter about Never again will it never again will it the sun will not be down on you, nor any scripture in you. For the land of the sun So what won't be there? Well, one thing I think is worth
product. It's a historical fiction. There are one or two fiction elements in this. Thank you. 